This episode of Pet Resource Radio is sponsored by Tito's Handmade Vodka. Tito's Vodka for Dog People program seeks to rescue and protect animals all over the country by supporting and working with local animal wellness organizations nationwide, including us, Kansas City's very own Pet Resource Center. After all, they're vodka for dog people. Now, does that mean it can only be enjoyed by human-dog hybrid people made in a lab? No, of course not, because those don't exist, right? Anyway, it's vodka for people who love dogs, like us and you. It sounds cute, and it is, but kitten season is much, much more than that. We talk with our own community resource specialist, Ramona Hayes, about what it is and how you can help, right here on Pet Resource Radio. From the Pet Resource Center of Kansas City, I'm Sierra Howe. And I'm Dave Shapiro, and yes, welcome, please, to the program. Have a seat, rest yourself a bit, and let us tell you all about kitten season here in a moment. Um, what do we have going on here? Let's see. It's springtime. Yep. We want to encourage people to have their pets on preventative. I know we just did an episode on fleas, ticks, and heartworms. So go back and listen to that if you if you need a little info on why you should have your pets protected. But uh, we encourage that here. We sell Advantage Multi here, which takes care of all of those. Heartworms, ticks, not oh, ticks. Not ticks. You need a Ceresto okay, collar for that. Let me those get my fleas, heartworms intestinal parasites. And Ceresto collar is just fleas and ticks. Correct. Okay. We're a hot mess today, but we're going to go with it. <laughs> yeah, we're going to go. We're going to run with it. Uh, how about we do some pet news? All righty. First up, a Dutch study compares the little feetsies of service dogs with the soles of their handler's shoes and finds what exactly? The question was asked by Utrecht University in the Netherlands, where 81% of assistance dog users say that they've been denied entry to public spaces because of their dog, even though the law technically allows it. Most often, hygiene is given as the reason they're denied entry, so this study was designed to explore that grievance in more detail. They compared the paws of 25 assistance dogs to the soles of their users, along with an equal amount of companion dogs and their owners to see whose feet were the dirtiest and what they found, the paws were actually cleaner than the shoes all around. Ha, ha, ha. Take that. Take that, the Netherlands. Um, pretty neat stuff. That's what I would say. Um, yeah, I, I've heard stories here, of course, but then obviously in the Netherlands, there's a ton of service dog users that have ended up uh, getting denied entry to places that they That's should be insane. allowed to. Yeah, it seems pretty ridiculous. I mean, uh, yeah. And to say that, oh, they're dirty. And it's like, you know, we're we're pretty dirty. Like, right? as humans, we're pretty dirty and gross. And if you think about it, most often, more often than not, people are going more places than their pets. Yep. So that means you're going to have all, all of this of, crap on your shoes yep. when your dog is just chilling at home on the couch. And also, like your dog kind of will like clean their own feet sometimes. Yeah, I mean? That is true. And you don't, you're not necessarily washing the bottoms of your shoes. So, yeah. Although yeah. I do have to wash my dog's paws every time they come inside because my backyard is just a mud hole right now. Oh, sure. So. Yeah. Next, we head on over to Egypt where researchers have discovered what may be the oldest pet cemetery in the world. 
Well, technically, the site was discovered over 10 years ago, but the purpose of it was a mystery. Now, detailed excavation has revealed the graves of almost 600 animals, mostly cats. Many of them have been adorned with jewelry or covered with textiles or pieces of pottery, which may have served as a, a kind of sarcophagus. The way the bodies were treated and adorned leads the researchers to believe that these were the companion animals. Examinations of the bones revealed that many died of natural causes or of disease. Um, and they found it was mostly cats, but there were, I think, like 5% of them were dogs. And then there were a few monkeys, too. And how long ago? Um, it's about, they said the most recent one seemed to be several thousand years old. Wow. So, yeah. A nice old pet cemetery. Um, and it's interesting because we talked, what, a few episodes ago about um, how, uh, at what point we started having like markers and headstones for yeah. pets in cemeteries and stuff like that. And it's like, this predates all of that. And if you think about it too, like, well, when I think of Egypt and and people of power being buried with with all of these mm. luxurious things and it's so cool to see that they're doing it with cats. Yeah. So, yeah, and some dogs, stuff. but mostly cats. Mm, that's cute. Yeah. Why don't we uh go talk to Ramona? Alrighty. Well, it's that time of year again, friends. The sun is shining, the flowers are starting to bloom, and there are kittens everywhere. We've got our friend Ramona Hayes, PRC's Community Resource Specialist, to talk to us today about kitten season. Ramona, welcome to Pet Resource Radio. Thank you. Last time we talked about TNR, so this time we're going to talk about kitten season. So for those who don't know necessarily what that is, what do we mean when we say kitten season? So kitten season is at the beginning of what you would think of as a kitten year, and typically, it's early, early spring, which is like the 1st of March, the end of February, when the weather's starting to get a little bit warmer, and then it runs through the whole summer. But kitten season is when all of a sudden there's an explosion of kittens. And so it used to be that. Now, it's typically the whole year. So you you get a bigger... You get a lot of kittens all at once, but you're getting kittens throughout the winter, too. Yeah, and so how can someone tell when a female cat goes into heat? Cats are very vocal, and when they're in heat, that's a part of it. There's a lot of what people call yowling, yammering, but they're vocal. Um, and some people think they're kind of what they call squirrely. They're very affectionate. Even feral cats can be that way. Um You'll see male cats that you've never seen before in your neighborhood, around your house. Um, they're there because they know that a cat is in heat. So those are all things that you'll see. And what does a male do when he's looking for a female? <laughs> he, A male cat, when it's looking for a female, can be very aggressive. He will also fight off other male cats in the area um, because they're territorial. So they they keep those other male cats away um, there's usually a dominant male in every colony. We affectionately call him the king of the colony. Um, some of those males, when they mate with a female and they have kittens, can be very affectionate towards kittens, but they're dominant when there's a female in heat. And isn't it true that kittens can technically have kittens? How young does a cat have to be to be able to get pregnant? Um, our vets have told me five months, so that's young. Yeah, that's not a very old cat. 
And how long are they typically in heat? They go, cats are not like dogs. They don't typically have a set heat cycle. When it's warm weather, a cat can go in and out of heat. So if you have an indoor cat that's never been spayed, technically it can go in and out of heat the whole year long because your house is heated. That's why there was a kitten season because cold weather stopped those cats from going into heat. But because we have warmer winters, and stretches yeah. of warm days, they can go in and out of heat whenever it's warm. And how many cats can they have per litter? Um, the biggest litter that I've ever seen is seven. Um, and I should have looked it up to see what the biggest litter ever was. I've heard nine, but I've never seen that before. That's a lot of kittens. Yeah. And so this is just <laughs> me wanting to know. I've heard that female cats or any animal really can get pregnant. Uh-huh. By multiple males, is that true? Yeah, and a female cat can ma- mate with more than one male cat, so there could possibly be that. Yeah. And so does that um, change, like, the gestation for the kittens? Or are they all born at the same time? They're they're born at the same time. Okay. Like, when the mom goes, starts to have her kittens, they're all born within the same, you know, period of time. And I, I only know that word because I'm pregnant, so I feel good <laughs> that I used it. So, That's great. <laughs> um, what are some common places where people might find a mama cat and her kittens, and what's the best thing that someone can do in that scenario? Oh, my gosh. Female cats are savvy. They want to keep their kittens basically hidden when they're outside. So you will find them all kinds of places. We had a guy who had a pretty big property And a female cat found one of his barrels and had her kittens in there. Um, I've heard under cars, you know, if you have barns or sheds, they'll go underneath them, try to get underneath them. They want an out-of-the-way secluded space where they feel safe and where they feel like a predator or a human is not going to get to their kittens and bother them. And they are known to move their kittens if they feel threatened or if, you know, like, we have people who will call and say, I have a, a litter of kittens, and the first thing we say is, do not bother them. Mm-hmm. You want them to stay where they're at and feel safe. Will they reject their kittens if there's, like, human scent on them? They won't reject their kittens, but sometimes if you have a younger cat that has a litter of kittens and they're they're young themselves, they're still a kitten, they've been known to abandoned so to speak their kittens and i think that's what happened last summer we had a client right around the corner who uh, a cat had kittens in his window well and she hadn't come back for them so yeah that leads me to my next question though what if kittens are alone and mama's nowhere to be found how long do you wait for her to come back and then what do you do if she doesn't we tell people once again do not you know stay away from there because mama cats can be watching we tend to, if depending on the weather, if it's bitter cold and it's 10 degrees outside, we, we say, you know, within an hour, you need to go grab those kittens up if mama hasn't come back. But if it's spring weather like we're having now, I would say go back the next day and see if they're there, depending on how young they are. But if you keep going back to check that mama cat's probably not going to come back because she's probably watching you somewhere. She's watching you somewhere. Yeah. So the best thing to do is Find a vantage point in your house if you can see them out the window. Um, But don't just keep going and checking because that's just going to make things worse, so to speak. 
And so when would you want to take them to the shelter if she doesn't come back? Um, you want her to wean her kittens, so to quit nursing them. And they do that. They have a system that they use um, about six to seven weeks. And then they're ready to go to the shelter. If you're fostering a feral, um, as soon as they're starting to eat mush, which is, uh, you know, some wet food with some kitten milk mixed in it, and then they're ready to go. And mama sometimes will drop those kittens off. Like if she's got a colony caretaker, they'll just bring them to the door and leave really? the cats there. Yeah. <laughs> I've had colony caretakers tell me that. They drop they drop their litter off. This is the second one. And if possible, too, it's awesome if you can catch the mama cat so you can spay her. So you yes. don't have to have yeah. multiple kittens every season, which right. is... And over a course of six, seven months. So. Yeah, because that's... A, or the whole year. It's a good time as soon as she's weaned her kittens because her milk's starting to dry up. And she could get pregnant. She can get pregnant while she's nursing kittens. So cats are... When you're trying to trap and you've got a mama, it's kind of a dicey situation trying to figure out when is the best time to get this cat. Because you don't want to take her from her kittens, but you don't want her to get pregnant again. Yeah. And so how big, we mentioned, I mentioned shelters. So how big of a toll does kitten season take on local shelters and or other rescues or animal welfare organizations? It, it's hard. It's hard. And um, it, it's a lot of kittens and people, the community finds kittens and panics because they can't find them anywhere to go and they don't want them to be left out on the street. And it's kind of almost a heartbreaking thing because you've got all these kittens, you need to get them in need to find them a home. So that's why the shelters are always begging for fosters, which if, if you want to do something good for a shelter, this is the time to go to a, a class or their, however they train you to be a foster for, for a litter of kittens. And once they get to be five to six weeks old, they're really fun. <laughs> so. And that reminds me too, fostering kittens. We fostered a little kitten named Squab, well, who grew up to be Squab, right? Uh-huh. What was the story on him? Oh my gosh. So it was winter time and it was zero degrees outside and his mom um, had snuck into an apartment building and had her litter of kittens in the hallway. And a lady who lived there found them and brought them up to her apartment and put them in her um, bathroom. She called us. We went over and got them. The mama wasn't doing a very good job of nursing because she was a young mama herself. And so we took them out to our um, shelter here in our city, and they have a fabulous foster program. And so one of the people who worked there ended up fostering and then ended up foster failing and keeping Mm -hmm. that kitten. And he was the only one who survived out of that whole litter. Yeah. So We do have a blog on him, too. He has a a few different things going on that makes him an ambassador. He's mm-hmm. facing some medical issues, but he's coming out on top, and he's super cute. So he we'll is put that cute. in the notes. <laughs> and then, so what are some things that people can do to help lower the number of cats and kittens entering shelters during kitten season or the feral population in their community, for that matter? One of the number one and best things you can do is TNR, which is Trap, Neuter, and Return. Um, that gets uh, female and male cats spay or neutered. They get a rabies vaccination. They get typically a left ear tip, but I've heard through the veterinarian community 
that now they're tipping whichever ear they think is the best viable ear. So you're not just going to see left ear tip cats here in Kansas City, um, FYI. That's the best thing you can do. You can also try to get those kittens into the shelter so that they find homes and they're not out reproducing. A female cat can have up to three litters a year. So if you're thinking six cats three times a year, that's just one cat. So that's a lot of kittens going out Mm -hmm. into the community. So TNR is our number one thing. And then getting those kittens um, taken care of, I think, are the number one things. And then another thing, too, sometimes people don't think about is spaying and neutering your own pets. Exactly. Yep, because, I mean, if you let your cat, if they're indoors and outdoors and they're not fixed, you know, you there's a possibility that they're hiding out somewhere else in somebody's yard waiting for yeah. a all female. Those, all those things add to it. We have a guy right now that we just helped whose indoor cat was on her third litter, and he has two actually three cats out of one one cat out of each litter and so he's a prime example of why you need to get your inside cats taken care of yeah and then also like you mentioned earlier fostering adopting Mm -hmm. volunteering and even making some donation that all helps yeah your the local organizations in town who are trying to find the best way (laughs) to manage kitten season exactly tricky it is Well, thank you, Ramona. I really appreciate you you being on the podcast today for the second time. I enjoy it. (laughs) And now the return of the quiz. The return of the quiz master. That's me, quiz master Dave. Here I am. I'm the victim. Yes. (laughs) Uh, With my unwilling victim. Um, Here we are. We're going to talk about kittens today and kitten season. I've got six questions for you. True, false. Uh, we're not going to do any of that uh, uh, family feud rules or anything like that. Okay. Okay. So number one, a kitten doesn't open up their eyes and ears until they're about a week old. False, because I want to say it's longer. Oh, man. We're off to a, a great start. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's about a week. Okay. Uh, it can be a week to two weeks, so I, okay. I'll give you partial credit on that. Half a point. Yeah, okay. Half a point. Not so bad. Um, the kneading motion that kittens and some adult cats do is a way of marking territory. No. False. Why did I say no? <laughs> <laughs> uh, false. Yeah, you're correct. It's actually a motion that kittens use to stimulate milk flow when they're nursing. So when adult cats do it, it's usually because they're seeking comfort. I'll do that one. All right. Number three, even though their eyes are open, a kitten's vision doesn't fully develop until about five or six weeks of age. Mm, true. Correct. Up until their vision develops, they use their very sensitive whiskers to help them navigate. Uh, fleas are a major, this is number four. Fleas are a major source of concern for newborn kittens. True. All right, you're I getting feel, them now. You're on I a feel roll. like fleas are. What was what did I already forgot the sentence? But the fleas are a major source of concern for newborn. Kittens. I feel like that's for all pets. It is for all pets, but because they're so young, you can't begin uh, treatment on them that early, um, and they yeah. don't have a lot of blood in their body. So if they get bitten by fleas and the fleas mm. are getting a little blood meal, then they're in danger of uh, of, of anemia. Gotcha. Yeah. 
All right, number five. All kittens are born blue-eyed. True. Because so are babies. That's right. Um, Yep, all kittens are born blue-eyed. Melanin doesn't move into their eyes until they are 7 to 12 weeks old. And number six, the final question. You've been doing great here. (laughs) I feel like that means I'm going to mess up. No, I think this will be fine. Uh, Cats can be socialized pretty much whenever, so it doesn't matter much when you find them. False. All right. Yeah, if the mom is present, socializing them from two weeks onward helps get them acclimated to gentle handling by humans, which not only helps them in terms of finding a home, but in terms of getting their claws trimmed and going to the vet and more and just kind of, you know, being handled. All righty. Not too bad. I want to say thank you to all my supporters. Shout out to my mom. I'm just playing. And now we say goodbye to you, friends. Big thanks to our friend Ramona Hayes for stopping by to talk to us about kitten season today. As for us, we're a nonprofit just trying to keep pets and people together, and you can help. Just go to prckc.org, and you can donate, shop our merchandise page, volunteer, and more, and know that you're making a difference in the lives of pets and their people. And if you're listening to this on your favorite podcasting app, rate us and leave us a review that always helps new people find us and give us a share because why not? <laughs> Go ahead and also follow us on Facebook and Twitter for all the latest news. We're at PRR Podcast on both platforms. And so until next time, tail wags and purrs to you and yours. And as the novelist Haruki Murakami wrote, holding the soft living creature in my lap this way, though, and seeing how it slept with complete trust in me, I felt a warm rush in my chest. I put my hand on the cat's chest and felt his heart beating. The pulse was faint and fast, but his heart, like mine, was ticking off the time allotted to his small body with all the restless earnestness of my own. Take care. Pet Resource Radio is a production of the Pet Resource Center of Kansas City, hosted by Sierra Howe and myself, David Shapiro, produced and written by Sierra Howe and David Shapiro, recorded, edited, and mixed by David Shapiro, Music by Hazel Rob Musical Industries, a.k.a. me. More info at soundcloud.com slash Hazel Rob Musical Industries.